global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks edging toward a record, advances in government bonds pushing some yields to record lows, emerging market assets extending a rally right now. We have got the S&P 500 index up six points to 2118. That is a gain of three-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ also advancing three-tenths of one percent, up 12 points. Dow Industrials up 49, also a gain of three-tenths of one percent. The 10-year up 4.30 seconds. That yield is 1.70 percent. Gold up $16 the ounce to 12.63, a gain of 1.3 percent. And crude oil trading above $51 a barrel. West Texas Intermediate 51.11 right now, up 75 cents. That is a gain of one and a half percent. I'm Charlie Pellet, that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock, the Fed in Focus on Bloomberg Radio. Stimulative central banks around the globe. This has put a nice solid floor under the U.S. stock market and is certainly helping to drive not only the U.S. bond market up in price, down in yield, but bond markets around the world. The ECB, the European Central Bank, starting its purchases of corporate bonds today, and this is just adding fuel to the fire. Joining us now, Eric Stein. He's co-director of Global Income and Portfolio Manager at Eaton Vance. He joins us from Boston as we put the Fed and central banks in focus. Eric, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, uh, I guess it's just another one of the uh, bazooka-type weapons that Mario Draghi has promised us. The question is how effective it will be in stimulating the economy. Yes, you know, I, I think what we're seeing today with the you know, first day of corporate bond purchases, so this was announced, you know, back in March, and it takes a little while for the central, for any central bank, in this case the ECB, to kind of get their operational house in order, and now they're buying uh, corporates. You know, we have seen pretty big rallies in corporate bond spreads, uh, both high yield and investment grade in Europe since the announcement, the so-called announcement effect. So it's not just on the day of purchases, it's also uh, when the announcement happens. Eric, is there any evidence that this strategy works? So, you know, I, I think to me it's always, you know, look at the counterfactual. If you weren't doing this, would the European economy be in a better situation? I'd, I'd argue not. You know, certainly, and you know, there's debates about the effectiveness of, you know, QE when, it, when the Fed was doing it here in the U.S. and with Europe where most of their, you know, financing is bank-led, not capital markets-led like we have in the U.S., it's probably going to be even harder um, for for the QE to actually feed through the real economy. That being said, they need to try, given that the European Central Bank, you know, is nowhere close to, to 2% inflation. There are, you know, maybe a little bit overblown, but I think at least a couple months ago, some legitimate deflation fears in Europe. Unemployment is still significantly, significantly higher than the U.S. They have to do something, and so this is really a way that Draghi and his colleagues at the ECB can do the best they can to to jumpstart the credit markets. Is the financial plumbing clogged up within the banks, though? Do the do, do Europe's banks need to do some cleaning up of their balance sheets before they're healthy enough to actually start lending more and fire up the capital markets? I think it would certainly help. I mean, I think if you look at, you know, what did U.S. banks do in 2008 and 2009? We had the stress tests. They were much maligned at the time, but they ultimately worked. The U.S. banks raised capital, uh, helped cleanse the system, and, and really got things going. Uh, and as, is, as I said before, U.S. is more capital markets-led. Well, in Europe, where the banks are even more important, it's about two-thirds uh, of credit is bank-led versus capital markets-led in Europe. It's the opposite in the U.S. They haven't done that. Yes, there have been some stress tests. Yes, there's been some 
some capital raising, um, but by and large, the European banks, to me, are in you know nowhere near as good a shape as, as U.S. banks. So I think that's part of the problem. Uh, longer term, certainly, lots of regulators in Europe want a more capital markets-led credit system. It's going to take some time to get there, um, but I certainly think you know the, the point of your question, the problem with European banks, is somewhat uh, leading to some issues in, in terms of credit intermediation. Eric, do you believe that higher rates would encourage people and institutions to lend money? Why lend money to anyone or anything if you're going to get nothing in return? So, look, I think that's a very good question. I think, you know, in terms of, I think it's still an open question when when yields are as low uh, as they are and negative in in many countries in Europe and many parts of the yield curve. uh, I think a lot of the traditional relationships that we think about in economics and with interest rates and that lower rates are going to spur more borrowing and more lending, um, you know, may not be true. I also think the flatness of the curves uh, that we see globally is is problematic. It's not good for banks' health. If you you have a flatter curve, it's not good for bank profitability. uh, means that the, the credit channel is more stuck in, in European banks. I think it also sends a, a lack of confidence signal um, to have a flatter curve. So I actually think central banks would be better off having steeper curves. The rate, um, the rates that we have are low enough. It, it's other things trying to get the so-called animal spirits uh, out there, uh, which is what uh, what is more needed than ever lower interest rates. And of course, some would argue that if you start raising rates, the, the key rates, the the Fed funds, the overnight type rates you would ultimately make spur the rally in the long end more if people think that the Fed's tightening prematurely and that's going to slow down the economy. But to that point, this this uh, rally seems to be heating up again. Is this going to continue? We're down to 1.70. It was trading just a little bit ago, 1.69 on the benchmark U.S. 10-year note. Can that head down to 1.6? Can it head down to 1.5 or is this it? Well, look, it certainly could, you know, in a, in a world of, of negative central bank yields and a lot of fear, it certainly could. But keep in mind, uh, you know, yields, if anything, were, were kind of flat to going up a little bit. And then we had the, the you know, far weaker than expected payroll report on Friday. Uh, if some of the data turns, that could turn yields a little bit. I also think the whole Brexit issue out there is, is a lot of uncertainty weighing on the markets where a lot of money uh, is in very safe assets. And so, you know, right now the trend seems to be flat or, or lower on these bond yields. I don't think it really makes sense from a longer term perspective, especially given that you know inflation in the U.S., as much as no one wants to talk about it, wage inflation is picking up a little bit. Oil seems to go up, you know, 50 cents a dollar every day. Um, the dollar, you know, had been weak most of this year, had a couple weeks of strength with some hawkish Fed talk as weakened some this week or really since the, the Friday payroll report. So if that, if anything, uh, leads to a little more inflation. So if inflation starts to pick up, where's really the value in bond yields? What I think policymakers are going to ultimately do, and it's obviously very country-dependent, it in the U.S. certainly uh, something probably after the election is fiscal stimulus. I think we monetary policy, if not being fully tapped out, is close to tapped out. There's probably fiscal room, and given that yields are so low, you know that's a signal that the country should be at a minimum terming out their debt to lock in these low rates, so, or if not, uh, actually doing more and more fiscal stimulus. Our thanks to Eric Stein. He is co-director of Global Income and a portfolio manager for Eaton Vance, joining us from Boston. He was just speaking about oil. Oil is up about 1.5%, $51.09 for a barrel of West Texas Intermediate Crude. We're broadcasting live from Pershing's Insight 2016 conference at the Hyatt Regency in Orlando, Florida. This is Bloomberg Radio. The unemployment rate's a 4, 4.95% lately, so why is Janet Yellen still worried about the labor market? As we put the Federal Reserve in focus, we're going to learn more about the brutal journey back to work for millions of Americans. <laughs> 